Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. It's me, Shannon. Today's guest is a fellow coach who I found out shares my birthday. I loved hearing Craig Lewin's Marathon Swim Story. Now a Triple Crown finisher, Craig was one of the first Americans to travel to England earlier this year, despite the pandemic and the 14-day quarantine period, in order to successfully swim across the English Channel. As Craig attests, it's valuable to have a coach to keep you accountable as you pursue your swimming goals. I once heard it said, as children we have role models, tutors, and coaches, whether in sport or education. But somehow, after we get out of school, even higher education, we think we have everything figured out, and rarely do people pursue coaches. As a person who wants better for myself and for others, I didn't have to think long on this notion before I started actively seeking a coach for myself, both in swimming and in life. And wow, what a difference it's made. I'm swimming faster, and my outlook is genuinely positive despite this trying year. If you're striving to be more, I highly recommend connecting with someone who clicks with you. If you want to see if we click, book a conversation with me at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Craig, tell us your story. Just like that. Just like that. That's how we start. Yep. <laughs> up to Where you. We well, on September 28th, 1985. Uh... Wait a second. Your birthday is September 28th? Yes, it is. So is mine. Oh. <laughs> but well, happy um, yeah, happy early birthday to you. I'm a couple, a decade older, I think. You said 1985? Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a decade on you, 11 years on you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's what, not what we're here for. Tell us, okay, so you were born in 1985, and then when did you start swimming? Uh, so I got, um, I guess, a late start to swimming compared to most of my friends. Uh, I, I learned to swim when I was young, but I didn't start swimming competitively until I was almost 14. Uh, so basically right upon entering high school-ish, maybe a year before. Um, and from the, I mean, I, I took a, I love the sport uh, right from the start. I think I like the process more than actually competing personally. Mm -hmm. I, I like the daily grind more than swim meets, uh, which is why I think I ended up with open water, you know, in, in open water swimming and marathon swimming, but I'm sure we'll get into that more. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I started on the, uh, the local JCC team, the uh, Piranhas, and I joined, you know, my high school team. And I, I guess I worked pretty hard because I was able to, in the short span that I was swimming, I was able to uh, swim collegiately at Boston College uh, my freshman year, so my senior of high school, someone gave me Lynn Cox's book, Swimming to Antarctica, and um, that's basically what got me into open water swimming. So I read that book, I'm like, oh, that is so cool. Like, I want to be just like her. <laughs> like, incredible. So um, I started uh, when I was swimming collegiately, my first, I think my summer of my freshman year in college, I did um, my first... I guess, marathon-ish swim, which was, uh, I jumped right in. I went right to, for a 25K. I don't nice. really, nice. No, I don't no, really was, there was no in between. I was like, I'm just going to go right, right for it. So I did uh, my first 25K, which um, was in Fort Myers, around like Estro Island, which was nice because the water was quite warm, uh, but we were doing it during hurricane season. So they ended up shortening the course. So instead of going around the island, we had to just do 
this long back and forth. And um, I, I wasn't in over my head. I had a great time, but it was some of the best people in the country there. And then me, which is like the story of, of my swim career. Um, so, but for me, it was just about finishing. And, and after I read the, you know, I read the book, got into, you know, I guess a little bit of marathon swimming while I was in college. So I did that swim. Then I did swim across the sound. I did the Boston light swim all between my freshman and sophomore years of college. Uh, I loved it. Uh, Boston light swim the year I did it. I think the water was 55 and I was not prepared for it. I, I was not, I, I probably weighed about like 40 pounds less than I do now. So I had no insulation and uh, I just, I didn't have the experience in the cold water. So that was like three hours of being hypothermic, which, oh gosh. Yeah, it was an eye opening experience. But, <laughs> uh, so from there, um, I transitioned after a couple of years and with like the marathon swimming, I transitioned over to triathlon while I was uh, in college and then the year after. Uh, but in 2008, I got run over by a car while biking and basically ah. like broke my body. Oh, God. <laughs> needed, needed a few surgeries to, uh, to get back in the game. Um, I did a year, I think 2010, I, I tried coming back to triathlon. I was fine. I competed really well, but I hated it. It just wasn't fun anymore. And I found that I was slamming on the bike brakes. Like I'd see a car 200 yards in the distance and I'd be like riding the brake. <laughs> At that point I felt like, well, this is, this is actually more dangerous than like having that, that fear. Like I was proud of myself for getting back on the bike, but having that constant fear, I think puts you at far more risk where you're, you, if you're riding in a group or, you're just making irrational decisions because of fear. So at that point, I tried focusing on running, but I just, I don't like running. It's not a <laughs> You finally came uh, to terms and, with it. <laughs> yeah. and, and the whole time I've been coaching, I, I started coaching um, mainly, oh, mainly triathletes. Uh, so I think anywhere from 30 to 70 year old athletes uh, for mainly for triathlon swim. So I'd never really wanted to coach triathlon. It wasn't my thing. I really enjoyed the swimming aspect uh, and, and pushing people past their limits. And uh, that's, so I was coaching at the time. And then I guess, I don't know, five years went by. Um, well, two years went by, I got asked to be a support swimmer for the English channel for a friend. And that was in 2012. And I, he got a decent day, but Prior to that, I'd never been seasick before. Like I've been on boats my whole life and I'd never been seasick. Mm-hmm. I cannot look at a boat anymore without getting seasick. <laughs> so um, it was, it was a rough, it was a rough day. He was, uh, his, he took about 15 hours. So I got about, I think eight hours of swimming in. So I got, I got my money's worth and I left <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never doing this swim ever. Like I want nothing to do with this, this English channel. This is horrible. I'm never doing it. And um, so I, I took some time off and just focused on coaching and my normal day job. And I think back in 2017, it was like this, I think it was the summer of 2017. I coached, you know, hundreds of athletes at that point to, they've done like Ironmans and English channel, half Ironmans. Some of them just learned to swim and it, for me, I was like, well, I really wanted to feel that sense of achievement from something that I had been missing for so many years. And 
um, I decided to, I wanted to find something that I, I figured was challenging enough, had a decent chance of success if things go well and you get a good day, but, but it's never certain. So at that point, I decided to go for the Catalina Channel. Um, I know it's, the distance is challenging. The water temperature can be challenging uh, depending on the day. Um, so I figured this was a, a good entry back into marathon swimming for, for myself. Uh, so at that point, I, um, I got hooked up with uh, Dan Simonelli, which I'm sure everyone here knows, or at least most of you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he, he was recommended by a friend who met him uh, at a cold water camp he did with uh, Chloe McCardle and Dan. So I connected with Dan and he had become my coach for, I guess, all three triple crown swims. Um, I obviously am capable of coaching myself, but <laughs> I like, have someone else. <laughs> I, I like to take a guesswork out. Like I'm not an, I still don't find, you know, I don't, I don't believe I'm an experienced open water swimmer. Like I, I like to, it's like a soldier. Like you tell me what to do. I'm going to go do it. Like you have the, the resume to back like your, it, it gives you the credibility. So I trust you. So just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. And it was a nice relationship. Or it still is. It's a nice relationship because um, basically he sends me, the whole plan from the time we start to the time we, uh, the, to the time, the day of the swim and tells me, all right, this is the volume for this week. This is the focus for this week. But then he leaves it to me to actually create the workouts. Mm -hmm. So, um, and even that at times was probably too much flexibility for me. Cause you know, you wake up and you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to do like this hard speed workout. And then I don't feel it. I don't do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so it was, you know, working with Dan and, and meeting a lot of other people in the sport, whether it was through Instagram or Facebook and, you know, it's a, it's a smallish community. So, so many people, when they started seeing, I was posting about longer swims and sitting in a cold tub and, and all this, you know, this, this, I guess, crazy <laughs> training, which crazy to, I guess, everyone who doesn't do, you know, right. open marathon swimming or open water swimming. Um, so it, it it was nice to meet so many people and, and get a lot of, um, I guess, feedback on things that have worked for others and then allowing myself to add that into my training plan and, you know, testing different feeds, testing different, I guess, stroke rates and training mechanisms. And, um, and I was lucky because I, I got three very good days for my swims and was able to do them on the first try, which is good because I don't think I could afford to do any more. <laughs> yeah. Probably the most expensive sport I know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, so I mean, that's, I guess, and that brings me up to today where I swim once a week now as I figure out what, <laughs> what the next thing is. That's pretty good. Once a week. <laughs> yeah, once a week. <laughs> um let's rewind a little bit back to getting ready for your first 25k how did you prepare for that uh so because I was coming off the college season I think it was more about doing um it was, I had a lot of base and volume under my belt so it was a lot more just getting in the open water and mm -hmm. getting over some of those fears uh I mean I know as irrational as they are especially in where I swim up on the North shore in Massachusetts, we don't, we don't have really sharks or anything to, to be not, not nothing to be concerned about, but when you're new, you yeah. don't know any better. So you're just, 
you know, you're always, it's always in the back of your head. So it was more about getting out there in the open water, getting, um, used to the salts. Uh, I, I have not done a freshwater marathon swim yet. So mm-hmm. I, all the ones I've done have been, um, ocean, which obviously creates a big problem in your, I guess, oral cavity. <laughs> which I found out the hard way in my first one, even with all the training, it just, I never got like that salt mouth that I did yeah. from the very first one, maybe because yeah. Florida water is so much saltier, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I basically rode, I piggybacked off of what I had done during the college season. And then, uh, I think my, my longest swim leading up to that was like a 28,000 yard pool swim, which was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> and I've done many more since, but, um, but yeah, yeah so yeah. it wasn't anything sophisticated. It was just do a lot of volume and, my swim was not that fast, mm-hmm. but I got through it and, and it was a, a great first experience, but it was probably the wrong first race to do. Cause it was considered the U S U S I think it was like open water nationals in 2005. So it was like really fast people. I think the Canadian national team was mm-hmm. there. I just had made the, 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 they gave you a mile. Like, Oh, you have to just do a mile under this time and you automatically qualify. It's like, oh, mm. so I can do, nope. if I can do a mile this fast and I can do 25K, I guess that kind of <laughs> makes sense. Um, but yeah, so there's one guy there, get, I was brand new to the sport and he's telling me, oh, like, yeah, I did this last year and I blacked out and woke up, you know, 20 hours later. I'm like, why are what? you telling me this? I don't <laughs> want to hear any of this. Um, but, you know, so I guess it was, it was a very competitive event where you, you have this psychological tactics of like what you normally get at a swim meet, but for Mm -hmm. a five or six hour swim, I'm like, I'm not here to win. I just want to finish. I don't, I'm not your competition man. But, um, because ever since then I've never had anyone come up to me and like, tried to like scare me on purpose, like to get in your head. It's always, it's always been, been, you know, positive feedback, like, oh, make sure you're ready for this. Or are you ready for this? You should consider adding a night swim to your training or consider doing this to get ready for the cold. Yeah. It's never been to scare you. It's been to help succeed. And that was the one time I was like, how, how is this helping anyone right now? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, nothing, right. nothing yeah. that one, just grinding out volume. Yeah. What, um, why do you think you keep coming back to swim marathons? <laughs> now (laughs) now yeah well you know i i think a lot of it for me i enjoy the pro like i said i enjoy the process a lot more than the swim itself um i for whatever reason like i like doing the six or seven or eight hour training swims i think there's more of a mental like if there's like a mental toughness you have to have to do that in training right like on the day of the swim you have adrenaline it's like oh this is what i trained for you have all that the 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 motivation from the year or two or three years of training and getting to that point but a seven hour swim on a day you know you just don't feel like doing it because you're tired or you had work or you had you know just a normal week for me like those are like the days where I learned the most about myself and um, I just, I, I really feel like, all right, if I can do a seven hour swim on like a random Tuesday, like obviously within the plan, then, you know, that's a lot harder than having a three week taper, a two week taper and setting everything in your life aside for this one day. So mm-hmm. 
you know, you go into the pool of the ocean with the stress of every day on those normal training swims. So that's, I enjoy that. And I, but it's really hard to do a seven, seven hour swim if you're not training for something either. Right. right. What, yes. <laughs> why would you put yourself through that if you don't have to? And some people love it. I guess I don't love it that much. But, um, yeah. So I think that's why I, I keep coming back to it. It's, it's something that I enjoy like that grind, but I also enjoy it forces you to like look, reflect internally Mm-hmm. at yourself and, and who you are and how you can grow, not, you know, not just a swimmer, but as a person and, and how the sport kind of changes you as you, as you evolve within it. So I really enjoy that process and seeing even just going from Catalina to English channel over the past three years, just seeing how I've evolved as a swimmer, but also um, as a person as well, and how I've been able to take some of what I've learned from training and applying it to just like my everyday work life. It's yeah. Especially this year with COVID where everyone's like, Oh, you're never like, I don't, I think I had maybe two or three people like truly supporting the swim and everyone's like, Oh, you're never going to go. It's never going to happen. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like, you, you, you're not going to get the training in and I found a way to get training in and like, you're not going to get to England. I found a way to get to England. Like yeah. everything they told me I couldn't do uh, it. It was, um, almost like this big win mentally and internally for me. And, and I'm yeah. sure many of you kind of experienced it this year where everyone's like, Oh, you can't train, you can't do this. And yet I'm still people, you know, I, I had a, I don't know who knows him, but like Guy Davis just mm-hmm. did the panel yesterday or yeah. I, guess he, I guess last night, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you still see all these people doing the swims and like Caroline did her huge swim uh, what, a few days ago, a week ago. And um, yeah. So, you know, it's, I think, that's what makes me come back, continue to come back to it is just learning what I can do internally and trying to block out um, people who don't really support you. And that's something that I found transfers into all, all parts of my life, at least. Um, And I've learned that more this year than in the other year. But if this, if this year, my first channel swim, I would, I don't know what I would do. I think I would, I would have, I don't know if I would have done it to be honest, not having the experience of the past couple of years and all the obstacles that you experience on a normal year. I think that right. prepared me probably best for a, a very unique year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, part of why I started marathon swim stories is because I feel like there's a lot of things that people can learn um, for marathon swimmers to get through life, yeah. <laughs> but it's just continually impressed me. The more I talk to more marathon swimmers and there's marathon swimmers still out there and they're overcoming everything this year, like you did to go to England and like Vera went to England and um, a guy. And it's just like, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, marathon swimmers are just, uh, just forces of nature. It's lovely. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the monetary investment is a big driver too. That's yeah. Just, that's oh, Sarah Thomas yeah. said that. It's happening. It's happening. I'm going. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Um, how do you describe that feeling of completing a marathon swim? It, I think I. I don't know. I, I've had some trouble with the the latest one. Catalina like was the most excited I think I'd ever been to finish a swim. I, I just like. I think it was because it was like a, a fairly well-known, respectable swim in like the marathon swim community. And that was my first like really, really big one after a very long hiatus. And um, 
you know, coming back from injuries and, and, and my accident and all of that, I think it, that one was amazing. I, you know, I finished it. I was like almost in tears. I was so happy. I was like, this is like amazing. I'm, this is why I, I set out to do it. Uh, and then, you know, that feeling of accomplishment, I was like, oh, I could like, I feel like I could ride this forever. And then I'm sure you all know, like two weeks later, it's like, all right, well, that's over now. Now what? <laughs> and, you know, you know, nothing's ever good enough. And then uh, at that point, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to swim again. Like, I'm happy. I'm happy. With <laughs> and then someone's like, you should like probably look at, you know, the, the, the 20 bridges. Cause everyone had, you know, I'd been watching it and like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do it. And I figured, okay, well, Tony Bridges, you have to apply. You have to get accepted. I don't really have a big resume other than Catalina, so like swim resume. So I'll apply anyway, and I'll let fate decide if I'm going to do it or not. So <laughs> uh, at that point, I think I got, I can't, I can't remember when I found out I got in. I was like, oh, I guess we're <laughs> doing New York now. <laughs> um, I think New York was a very different swim. I... I don't know. Like, I just didn't have a great day. It wasn't the challenge, I guess, to me that I was hoping it would like, it wasn't to me as hard or as difficult as Catalina was. And we got a day where the water was like 75 degrees. It just mm -hmm. felt like, Oh, I'm swimming in a pool. And I think like when I looked at the pace, I'm like, yeah, there was, you know, I, I knew it was a current assist. So I'm like, Oh yeah, there's some 53 seconds per hundred. Like I don't even do that in 100 yards anymore like so to do that for you know seven hours you're like ah. it felt it kind of took something away from me so at that point mm -hmm. i'm like i had two of the three done i'm like all right well i guess we're doing the english <laughs> channel and um i think covid kind of took away from it a little bit because it's not the experience you envision you envision going with your crew yeah and finishing and like you know if you finish you go and you celebrate with your friends and or your family or whoever's crewing for you. And I didn't, I was going, I went by myself at first because mm -hmm. no one, I work remote anyway. So to, to go wasn't a big deal for me. Like I could work from there. I just shifted my hours. And uh, so it wasn't like I had to take a month off, but I think just the stress and anxiety leading up to it, it was like just getting like the normal English channel problem is, oh, the weather, you know, you get there. It's like, oh, you might not get in because the weather's bad. I'm like, yeah. I didn't even think about the weather until <laughs> the day I was supposed to swim right. because I was with so many other obstacles this year. And, um, and it, it just was so mentally like exhausting just getting there that when I got to the, the start, I'm like, oh my God, I'm here. That was like the big feeling. And mm -hmm. so when I finished, you know, for these boat captains, a lot, a lot of them, it's like business as usual. They're like, all right, like, you know, get on the rock, get off the rock, get in the dinghy and we're, <laughs> we're going home. Like they, we get another, we got to flip the boat and we got to, we got to go to the next person. So I, I think only having, eventually my dad decided he did decide to come, did the quarantine. So he was like my crew. Um, but it kind of just, you know, it, it took away from it. So I didn't have that like, Oh my God, I'm done feeling. It was, okay, now I want to get home before they close the country. So yeah. <laughs> before, you know, that was my, my, every concern was, all right, how, how am I going to get there? All right. Yeah. How am I gonna, the swim going to happen? All right. The swim's happening. Are they going to close the border and I'm not going to be able to get home? Right. So it was like, you're always looking at like the next stress. So right. necessarily have that like amazing feeling when I finished. Uh, but looking back on it, I'm, I'm really proud of what, what I had done. And I know there are people who are doing so much more and crazier things. So it's, my, my Facebook feed is like watching people doing like, you know, 
the, the, these just insane swims. I'm like, ah, I really don't know if I should feel proud of this or not. And everyone's like, no, no, you need to be able to feel proud of it. Like, especially given the year <laughs> of training and, you know, the winter swimming to prepare for all of this, because that's all you could do. And, um, so looking back on it, I, I've kind of come to terms with, with my experience and I'm, I was, I'm so happy that I did it and I'm proud of myself for doing it. But that elated feeling that I was kind of chasing after Catalina, just, it wasn't there. Yeah. And maybe that's an experience thing. Maybe that goes away until you do something ridiculous, like, you know, <laughs> something like that, which I don't think is in the cards for me. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that's, that's okay. You should be proud of, of all your swims, but which one are you the most proud of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think English channel, um, just because of the, I was the most prepared for it. I think I had learned so much from my prior years, the, the prior two years of training, um, mm -hmm. that it was actually like a far less stressful day than I expected it to be, which I think, well, I got lucky at a nice day, but I think I prepared very well for it. And I think that made me happy that I made it there. I made it injury free. Uh, and I got to enjoy like just being out there, which is something I missed on the other two, the other two swims. And even the swims before that, I just, I never enjoyed it. I never took a moment to be like, Oh, I'm like, this is cool. Like there's no one else around me or, or like there goes like the shipping tankers. And right. um, so I think, I think English channel is probably the most proud of. Yeah. Is there any swim that you didn't finish? Uh, not yet, but I'm sure there will be one. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> um. Where's your favorite place to swim? Favorite place to swim. I, you know, I, I like my swimming hole. I like where I train. Uh, I, I, I train in uh, Swampscott, Massachusetts, which I don't expect anyone to know. Uh, but it's this nice, like, bit of coastline. It's pretty well, it's not really protected, but it's like, it's not, it doesn't have a ton of boat traffic. Um, and like to drop a kayak in and just swim up and down the coast between Nahan and Marblehead is it's like a four or five mile stretch and the current is never the same and the, you get some pretty choppy conditions. So I, I really enjoy where I swim and the water stays relatively cold year round. I mean, I think mid July, it's 64, 65, same, you know, in August too. So it's, it's perfect for the type of swimming we all do. Uh, and then I also train there in the winter. So that's why I really like it. It's just a convenient spot. It's kind of a local spot. Not a lot of people are there. So that's why I, I enjoy it. So I think, I think home is, is where I like swimming the most. Yeah. Yep. Um, how has your um, swimming, as it's evolved, how has that um, influenced your coaching? Um, I, I think it's, it's helped in a lot of ways. Um, I think I put a larger now, a larger emphasis on like the mental side than the physical um, mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, really get people away from like performance goals. I, I like performance goals. That's what, mm -hmm. you know, com competitive swimming is. It's hitting a goal, you know, a goal time, but um a in triathlon like it's so you're racing so it's not about like going a certain time and of course like i gotta beat these people but you have no control 
over the conditions or who's in the race. So trying to get people to shift their thinking more towards like, no, no, no. Like, what do you want? I want to come out of the swim feeling fresher. I want to come out of the swim having swum straighter line, like things that they really can control for the most part. So I've shifted more to like the mental side and, um, you know, what getting people to get past their, their comfort zone and really, you know, push them beyond like what they thought was possible. Like the other night I have mostly triathletes, they swim, you know, they swim a couple of times a week. And, um, and I did my first uh, group night swim. I'm like, look, what's I, I've done night swims for my own training. I think it's yeah. a really fun experience. You all know how to swim. We're yeah. gonna, we had kayaks and we had everyone with the glow sticks and we did a really, um, a really, you know, we, we made sure it was really safe, but I was like, you, you, you need to experience this. And I'm like, but when you do this, I want you to experience it. So I don't, I don't want you swimming fast. I want you swimming at a very comfortable pace for staying with the group and let's do something different. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, getting people <laughs> interested in that is, yeah. um, is, is a hard, is a hard sell for people who aren't like us, where you're just mm-hmm. a triathlete, you know, you know, not just a triathlete, but where you're used to certain things. And, um, so I've been really trying to throw new experiences at them where if it's rough out, we go swimming. If it's windy, if it's choppy, we go swimming. So, um, I've really tried to incorporate embracing the environment, being comfortable in all conditions, knowing how to stay calm, uh, stay mentally focused, uh, and, and focusing on what you can control. Those, those are what I've, I think I've taken the most from marathon swimming and incorporated into, um, my coaching specific, mm-hmm. specifically, cause those are relatable. I don't, I'm not going to get, you know, of the, of the people I coach, I, if I can get one of them to be excited about a 10 K yeah. that's great. But if I can get everyone who excited about going in the ocean, that's way better because then right. they have something they're comfortable with and they can do forever. And that's yeah. like what I want. And eventually maybe they'll do 10 K or right. the marathon swims, but I don't, I don't push that. I know that's a, a special type of person. Yeah. 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 But it's, um, I think that I think for me too, coaching, I, I've found that just like adapting it to pushing yourself, you know, like having people own it, own their, their own experience, just the way you said it. It's really, really well, well said. I think that that's where, I don't know, that's where we can all improve, right? We can only improve ourselves. You can compare yourself to other people, but that gets destructive after a while. Yeah, not great. I had to stop the whole face. I'm just like, I can't do, I can't keep watching everyone. Like it's exciting to watch everyone, but I'm like, oh no, I feel really bad about myself because I'm not doing enough and it's hard. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, what about when like the going gets tough, you're out there in a swim, how do you adapt to, you know, rough conditions or, you know, the mental game when you're out there, what's that like for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. (laughs) I think that's all, you know, we all like a challenge. I I like it, but, um, I think there's one thing that Dan said to me before Catalina and I just, the past three years has gotten me through so many things and, he, he just said, just, just when he's like, when things are going wrong, he's like, just remember, like, he said, just keep swimming because be, just because you feel a certain way now doesn't mean you're going to feel that way in 15 minutes or a half hour. Mm-hmm. And that's advice that I, I don't want to feel that way. I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm struggling. Or I'm not going to finish. I'm like, just ride it out. Just ride it out. You're going mm-hmm. to come out the other side at this point. We're into the only way out is, is through so, um, and that's gotten me through a, a lot, uh, especially in training. 
where you're just like, oh my God, like I don't want to do the next hour. I'm not feeling it mm. uh, or I'm freezing. And I just want to get out because I can see like the beach is right there. And um, it's, it's gotten me through a lot of, I guess, challenging situations, not dangerous, but, but challenging. I, you know, I think there's a difference knowing when things are really dangerous and you need to get out versus I'm just having a bad day. Uh, mm-hmm. I think and that I think comes with experience, obviously, but um, that's how I get through it. I just, I just tell myself, all right, just cause you're cold now doesn't mean you're going to be cold in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and that really has worked. Um, just about all, all my swims, even like with the winter swimming, uh, it, you know, that's a little different cause you do have to be a lot more cognizant of, right. of, of how you're feeling because it comes in, it gets you 20 minutes after you swim versus during the swim. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I do. And it's, and that's what I tell my swimmers. I'm like, just cause you're tired now does, you know, we're, we're not feeling great now. Doesn't mean anything in the next half hour. Like just get, just ride it out. You'll be fine. Right. And most of the time you are, and I guess <laughs> there is that risk that you're not going to be, but at least you tried. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But I think that those little mental hurdles do come up, you know, it's just that it's that, you know, um, I don't know. It's just kind of acknowledging that your body can do a lot more than you maybe initially think you can. And like, yeah. but letting yourself kind of feel those thoughts when they come, I think it's important to be like, oh, yeah, I just feel crummy right now. But like you said, you just got it. You stick with it. And then you get to a different feeling if you're, if you're in there long enough. It's a, it's a better feeling. It's a different feeling. <laughs> right. People yeah. are like, oh, what about jellyfish? I'm like, I like when they sting me because I'm not thinking about my shoulders hurting. <laughs> You know, as long as not like a box jellyfish or like lion's manes, I'm like, yes, you can sting me all day. I don't care. It's better than <laughs> shoulders, you know, shoulders hurting or something or being cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> New perspective on jellyfish stings. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> How has your, um, has your swimming technique evolved at all as you've, um, had, over your career? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm a smarter swimmer now. I focus a lot more on technique because... I'm older, obviously, than I was in college. So, uh, you know, things work differently. And this year, though, was weird because I did so – because all the pools were closed and I was doing, like, heavy training. And in, in Massachusetts, like, the water up until May was 42. So even in a wetsuit, at most I could get in was, like, an hour, hour and a half. Um, so I did a lot of tethered swimming in mm-hmm. – like hours. And that really, that really messed with my stroke and my stroke rate where, um, it wasn't necessarily a flat stroke, but my stroke rate went from maybe 60 strokes to per minute to 75, which affected my feeds, which I didn't know. I didn't think of, I just didn't make the connection. I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling so like, I switched to open water. I'm like, I'm feeling so tired. I'm like depleted. What's going Like I'm doing my, my food plan. What's going on. And then Dan pointed out, he's like, your stroke rate is, um, your stroke rate is like so high. Like you, you need to oh, eat. More. That's yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's surprising. Cause historically like I look back at my, you know, my, my log and I'm like, yeah, historically it had been like 60 strokes per minute. Now I'm at 75 consistently. And a lot of that was cause just with the tethered swimming, just going to keep the moves are the arms moving. And um, so whether it's a good adaptation or a bad one, I, I is unclear, but I had to, I guess, embrace it cause it wasn't changing and then change how I did my feeds and other things to make up for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, just a a heavier emphasis on technique to, to reduce injuries. And, you know, that's really been the big thing just the past couple of years. Um, When I was younger, I'm like, I didn't care. I just wanted to go fast. I don't care how ugly it is. And now Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
<laughs> no, no, no. I want it to be really pretty so that my shoulders are less likely to just be destroyed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, I guess, like, I started, one of the books I read was talking about, like, swimming anatomically correct, and I think that yeah. that is, you know, because we want to swim forever, at least I do, <laughs> and I don't, you know, so your shoulders are made to move in that motion, and that, in that, in, in your swimming motion, but as long as you're going, you know, doing the motion the right way, and you're not going, you know, outside of your body, and whatever, so I like to, so I started talking about it as swimming anatomically correct. <laughs> um, how, what was your stroke rate like? So you, it, when you went from tethered swimming back out to ocean swimming, did you find that your stroke rate changed again or did you maintain that high stroke rate from? I maintained the high stroke rate. That was like the big tip. I figured, oh, like I've been, I, I, I don't know. I feel like most open water swimmers who train in the pool have like two different strokes. Like you have your pool stroke yeah. and your open water stroke. And I was like, oh, I'll be fine. No big deal. And I wasn't fine. Like I instantly was like, oh something's weird. Like my timing, everything was just off. off yeah. And then I started looking and I was like, Oh, this is definitely different. And you know, you just had to get used to it, but I, there was no way I was going to back it down because I was swimming. Okay. And I felt fine. And mm -hmm. I guess given that a lot of people couldn't even swim because pools were closed for so long, I wasn't complaining. I just made the best of it. And, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't try to change anything. Once I got out there, I just tried to get comfortable and that was mm -hmm. Really, my own my my goal this year was get the swims done, be comfortable, and don't get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, what motivates you to keep going? What was that? What motivates you to keep going? Um, I think I like the challenge. You know, I think for me, the only real swim I I want to do an ice mile this year. Like, I like to challenge myself in different ways. Swimming seems to be a good one because I enjoy the actual activity of swimming. Like yeah. <laughs> I can wake up at two in the morning and swim, or I can swim at noon. Like it doesn't, you know, I, it doesn't matter. But if I want to go running, I'm like, nah, I can't, I got to go <laughs> running at a certain time because my body needs time to wake up. And I think, you know, it's just uh, that having that break from Facebook and Instagram and like your phone and computer and work, like, and just being like with your own thoughts. I, I that's what I really love. And I, having a goal makes it easier just to have a reason to get in every day beyond that. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's what keeps me going. I like having a goal. I enjoy the sport, but I also like that I can achieve these things, learn about myself and also get a break from the current world, which <laughs> much needed many, many times. Uh, it's, it becomes exhausting and depressing when you watch too much of it. Yeah. Yeah, put the phone down. <laughs> Everything, just awesome. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, how can we include more people in the sport? It's a, it's a good <laughs> question, you know. I don't know, I think we're, it's hard, you know, it's hard to say because um, I know like for me personally, like I, my program, we teamed up with One With The Ocean. I don't, they're a, a charitable organization. They, their goal is basically like uh, marine conservation and, and keeping the oceans clean. So all of our swims start with a beach cleanup and then we do a swim and they're free to everyone, which I think is, um, is, is a great start, but that's great for people who know how to swim. And I think there's a lot of underserved, underserved communities that just learning how to swim is a big deal. And I think that's, you know, USA Swimming tries to, to do a lot with that. And I know one with the ocean does, does, does work with that. Um, so, you know, I think those are good starting points, but swimming other than Olympic years, especially marathon swimming, just isn't like a mainstream 
like sport. And it's hard because I think a lot of us, we're always following marathon summers. So we think everyone's seeing it. I was like, well, if I'm seeing it, everyone's seeing it. But you say the name like Chloe McCardle, people are like, who the hell is that? Like, I don't, I don't know who that is. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know who that is? She's like famous in our sport. She's like, yeah, I don't know your sport. So I think it's a lot, you know, it's a grassroots movement for people in the sport to, when people show an interest, when they do a big swim to be like, oh, you come join me for so many times. Oh, you don't know how to swim? you know, I'm happy to show, you know, teach you a little bit and, and get you going. And I think it's just like a grassroots movement, unfortunately, because I don't think, you know, all the charities are great and it's just not a, it's not a marketable sport the same way that, you know, hockey or football or baseball are just because that, I mean, it is marketable. It's just historically hasn't been. If you're in Europe, it's huge. You know, it's wild swimming is a, is a huge movement. So but I think even wild swimming probably was a grassroots movement. So I think it, it's on us to really get out of our comfort zones and talk to people who don't do this and try to get them, you know, involved with our, you know, with us. And maybe we learn something in return by getting out of our comfort zone and, and, and doing something that they like too. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of the best way to do it, but I don't have a good answer. It's you did. Those were great answers. Fun. I love it. That was awesome. Um, what advice would you give to aspiring marathon swimmers? talk to everyone, like anyone in the sport, just reach out. Everyone. I, I've never had anyone say, I don't want to talk to you. Like I've never <laughs> reached out to someone on Instagram and be like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm planning to do the swim. And I've never turned anyone down. Who's at like, especially this year with, with the quarantines, all the boat captains are like, can you talk to the American swimmers coming? Cause you're the first American this year. Mm-hmm. You did the quarantine, like they're freaking yeah. out. Would you yeah. mind? So like, just talk to everyone and, uh, and don't be scared of of failing. Those are like the two main things. I think if you can learn from the failures and you you talk to all these people, you're gonna have a you're gonna make a lot of friends. You're gonna build a really strong community around you, and you're gonna do some cool stuff. So those are my two big pieces of advice that that I tried to to live by, and it's worked out okay so far. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, what marathon swimmer has inspired you? I. I think the big two would, I mean, obviously Lynn Cox, because that's why I started Open Water Swimming was her book. Uh, and then Sarah Thomas. I just think she's like incredible. And it's really fun. You know, it's not funny. It's, I know this about the sport, but I think to outsiders, just I look up and like want to be so like the female swimmers are just so like they, everyone's doing, they're doing the cool things. I'm like, I want to be just like them. Like that's like, <laughs> Whenever someone says, who should I follow? I'm like, go follow like Catherine Breed or go follow, you know, Chloe McCardo. Go follow these people because they're doing incredible things that I can only really dream of. And those are the, I think those are the people that we should be looking up to in this sport. So um, I think those are, you know, the real inspiration has been those two mainly, just seeing what they've overcome over the years and the cool things that they've done. And like, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to be like them. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, I hope I can come to Boston sometime and swim with you. That'd be, yeah, be so anyone much fun. <laughs> it's a good time. Just cold. <laughs> oh, there was a question about adapting to the cold. Any specific recommendations you have on adapting to cold? <laughs> uh, so for me, I just get in every, I get in all year round and you just kind of, it's never fun, but you get, you know, we, you get used to it and like you, you get your body starts adapting as the water gets colder. I also have a, a cold tub. My dad works for a bottling company. So he has like all these industrial like shipping containers for fluids. I'm like, Oh, can I have one? 
It's like literally like a five by five thing I threw at my garage. I fill it with hose water. And unfortunately I have no way of controlling the temperature. So in the winter it gets down to like 36 Fahrenheit. So I, I just get in every day and I suck it up, but cold baths have been huge too. It's, it's just a matter of getting in and doing it consistently. And I personally have not gotten to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, this feels great. It always sucks for me. I'm <laughs> yeah. One day I'll be like all the other ice swimmers who are like, yeah, it's not that bad. I'm like, all right, well, guess I'm not there yet. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anyone that actually says that? <laughs> I, met a, just... I think they're full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just get used to it. Like I said, you just get used to that, that feeling like, oh yeah. And then I'm going to feel this way when I get in yeah. here. Well, I think that's, you know, the cold stuff. It's, it's not even like I, you get to the point where maybe the, the swimming part isn't bad. Like I've gotten comfortable with like 36 degrees swimming, but I know I'm like, okay, I need to get out now because I know I'm going to be shivering for an hour in the next, in 20 minutes. So it's more right. I'm thinking, okay, just cause I'm not cold doesn't mean bad things can't happen. So, right. Uh, right. You know, your body adapts, but you still, you still have to be cognizant of the signs of hypothermia and after drop and making sure you're completely safe and know how to warm up. So, yeah, um, but yeah, just keep getting in. That's, that's what I do. And it, it works. Um, it works for the most part. Cool. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today, Craig. It's awesome to hear your story. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. Right, you guys. We'll see you next week. We've got Bill Ship. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Shannon. Bye, guys. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.